0: This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria.
1: Welcome to Grief Relief. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host and daughter.
2: Dr. Heidi Horsley.
1: Well, Heidi, we've got an interesting show because we've got, uh, rather than just having one guest today, we have two, and I'm very excited about having them on together. So um, one of them lives in the East, and uh, one of them lives in California, and Heidi's in New York, and I'm in San Francisco, and uh, it's going to be a-, a very interesting show. So why don't you introduce our guests, Heidi?
2: I will, Mama. before I start, I want to say that I'm really excited to do this show, and we are going to be talking about the death class. And one of the things I'm excited about is our friend who writes for Open to Hope, Dave Roberts, is a professor at Utica College, and he teaches a death class, a grief and loss class. And I teach a grief and loss class at Columbia, and he called me and said, Heidi, you have got to get this book. And you, It is amazing, and it will change the way that you teach your class. So I got the book, and it's sitting on my shelf, and lo and behold, Mom, the other day you called me and said, Heidi, we're going to have the authors on. You didn't even know I had this book. And so they're here today, and I'm going to introduce them. Uh, We'll start with, their names are Norma Bowe and Erica Hayasaki. And Dr. Norma Bowe is a tenured professor in the College of Education at Keene University in Union, New Jersey. She developed the course curriculum for Death in Perspective, which has a three-year waiting list, and is the subject of the book The Death Class, A True Story About Life, by our other person that's joining us today, Erica Hayasaki, who is a former L.A. Times journalist. Erica teaches journalism at University of California, Irvine, and was a former national correspondent for the L.A. Times, and they are both with us today. So welcome, Norma and Erica.
1: Great having you on. I'm going to start with Erica because Erica decided to take a death class. Erica, why did you decide to do that?
3: I decided to take the death class. I actually started, I found Norma um, as a journalist, and I was writing, I was based in New York City, and I was writing about um, New York and all the various regions around. I was um, covering a lot of tragedy. I covered the Virginia Tech massacre, and I covered, you know, interviewed survivors of September 11th terrorist attacks and uh, many other tragedies. And I came across Norma's class, Um, A student had written a campus article about it, and I decided to pay her a visit. And I wrote a piece for the LA Times that ended up on the front page of the LA Times in 2008, I think. And after that, I just kept going back, and I wanted to write more. And Norma basically said, you know, that's great if you want to write more about the class, but you should really
4: take the class.
3: So I did. I took the class and um, was able to experience it not only as a student, but also as a journalist.
1: Well, I just want to say before we get into more about the class is this book, The Death Class, A True Story About Life, is such a fascinating book to read. And you did a great job, Erica. The stories in here, the way you weave Norma's stories in and the stories in the class, and it has humor and it has uh heartbreak and it, it has everything. But it also, for our listening audience, it also has so much information that is going to help you deal with your own grief and loss. And uh, I congratulate you, Norma, on the work you've done. And of course, you're a nurse and I happen to have a nursing background too. So that always, uh, I think I always kid around and say nurses rule. But Norma, tell us how you, de- <laughs> tell us how you decided to do this death class.
4: Well, first off, we do rule. <laughs> <laughs> right. They <laughs> really, do. really on the front lines of a lot of grief, and so it made perfect sense to me uh, when I was offered the opportunity to take over the course. You know, it was being taught kind of from an educational perspective with some sociological theor- theoretical models kind of thrown in, and I really wanted to revamp it and make it interpersonal and make it relevant and um give students some experience out in the field uh, so that it's not an abstract idea. Uh, and I always tell my students, and I believe it passionately, that I'm the luckiest one in the room.
1: Mm, now, why so? I mean, I, I bet people say to you, how can you do this?
4: Right. I do get that. But why so? I am the luckiest person in the room because I get to witness acts of bravery and kindness and compassion I get to read the work from the students That is just all about resiliency and hope. Um, it's about taking total heartbreak and turning it into something that um, it's almost like being crafted into something that's uh, usable and um, meaningful. You know? And as nurses, we do know that if people can find meaning in um, difficult times and tragedies, that those folks will do a lot better in life. Uh, They'll manage their grief a little better.
1: So it sounds to me like what uh, the students that come into your class then have suffered a loss. I mean, uh, why are they there? Have you figured that out? (laughs) Well, you'd be
4: surprised. I think we would all be surprised to learn how much grief, loss, and pain our young people um, today experience. Now, I teach at a university that uh, was rated number five in the country by Diversity, Inc., uh, for its diversity. And so I have a different college population than most people, I think. We don't have mommy and daddy paying the way. We have students Mm -hmm. that are working. We have students that are primary caregivers for grandparents and other people in their family. They're oftentimes the only English speakers. And so I think they've seen a lot more. Uh, I also am on a campus that's in an urban area, so I don't know how many other people can walk into a classroom and, and ask the questions that I do, and one of them is how many of you know someone who's been murdered and have three-quarters of the class raise their hands?
1: Oh, my goodness. Wow. wow.
4: These are students that have seen great adversity, it sounds like. they're, they're But, you know, I think, and I'm sure you all get this, too, given the work that you're doing, and I applaud all the work you're doing. Um, I think this is a neglected topic. I think this is a topic that people kind of hiccup over. They don't want to talk about it. It's something that people avoid talking about. And so when you give young people or any people the venue to talk about it, you hear a lot of stories. We're all carrying grief. We've all had tragedy. We've all had heartbreak. Maybe we haven't actually lost someone yet. But we have had other losses along the way that kind of prepare us for those big losses in life. And the class is just a place where they can lay that down. And they can process it, understand it, move on from it, and enjoy their life after that.
1: What is one of your um, – got all your uh, homework assignments uh, in here. What's your favorite?
4: Well, not all of the homework assignments are in there. Ah! <laughs> uh, my <laughs> – um, a lot of them are, uh, but I I continually tweak this course all the time. And since Erica took the class, we've even added a couple of field trips. So uh, my favorite assignment, hmm, you know, I love the goodbye letter. I get them to write that in the very, very first week of class that they go home with that assignment. I'm able to then put my pulse on the, you know, on what's happening in the class and who's grieving what and where the connections are almost immediately. They become a very cohesive group, and they're really compassionate towards one another after this goodbye letter is read out loud in class. Is it a, the Go goodbye ahead. letter to somebody that's died? It doesn't have to be. It's just to someone okay. or something they've lost. And you would mm-hmm. not believe how much grief there is. Some students write two or three letters, you know? So uh, there's so much that they... And, I mean, Erica, you remember when you uh, first went into the class, the very first day I ask everyone why they're there, and they'll tell me things like, well, I needed a three-credit elective or it fit my mm-hmm. schedule. But you know that's not true. I mean, why would you come into that course particularly and wait on the waiting list the whole time to get in unless you had something that you wanted to uh, work on?
1: So you've got a three-year waiting list, is that right?
4: Yeah, it's a three-year <coughs> waiting list on this wow, campus. That's amazing. that's amazing. You
1: know, one of the things that you do in the very first, which I, I thought was really interesting, is that you talk about what actually f- happens physically to a person who dies. And that is really interesting. And, you know, I would pick up the book and read it just for that. I mean, that you know, we just don't talk about that. And the other thing is I see a lot of these... Um, baby boomers and people. I've just recently had a relative die and his kids didn't want to see a dead body. I mean, these are people in their late 40s. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, do you really give it to people in this book and and, in your course? And uh, I I think it's pretty amazing.
4: Thank you. I think it's important. You know, it's part of the life cycle. It's part of what happens to us later in life. And um, it's important for people to know about it know what the process is, know what they're looking at, and uh, not panic over it, not be afraid. It's just a normal, you know, um, transition.
2: Well, and I remember watching the YouTube on your site, and you, there was even a student that, that laid in a coffin? Yes, yes. Um, I'm not sure which video you
4: watched, but I've got to tell you. So that particular student that you saw um, has a brain tumor, and she's not doing very well. Her big goal is to graduate in May, and in that particular video, um, you know, she's been having good days and bad days, and she took the course, and literally this girl tried on everything, everywhere we went. Uh, One particular day, we were doing a movement exercise in class, so we were doing nonverbal grief expression, and... This girl, Lindsay, really couldn't get up. She really had 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 a seizure earlier in the day. She was feeling very weak and very ill. And so she sat out, and out of the corner of my eye, I see this big football player, you know, and he's been kind of macho the whole time in class so far. And I watch him as he very carefully walks across the room, picks Lindsay up as carefully as you can imagine, and puts her on his back, and then walks her into the center of the circle so that she can dance with the class. Wow. And the joy on both their faces was just incredible. It was a, a moment I'll never forget of just pure kindness and compassion. And that class got very, very close. So the video you saw was the cl- they put that together with all of our pictures wow. from the field trips. But Lindsay literally laid down where you would lay if you were being laid out for a wake. And she asked the class to gather around, as if we were paying respects to her if she were in the coffin. Um, She wanted to feel and experience all of it. Uh, She's a very brave girl. Uh, She's extraordinary. And um, she did that when we were at the cemetery. Anywhere we went, she kind of tried on what it would be like. Very brave
2: girl. Well, I love this because you're really preparing the students in the class to be able to support people that have gone through loss and to be able to be there present. And it, re- and it really said on, when I was looking at your site, it, you, a lot of the students said, you know what, it, taught, it teaches us to live fully, fully in the moment, not to take life for granted. And it, this class gave us a very safe place to share our stories.
1: And I just I want to just slip in right now about the book because you just heard one of Norma's stories. Erica's written so many of them, and so beautifully in the book you're you're really going to want to read that and look at it. Norma, do you think some of those homework assignments might help me if I'm bereaved right now?
4: Absolutely. the only The only thing I would say is to do the exercises, but find people to share them with, because there's one part you know where you write it down, And that takes incredible courage. And if it's truth-telling, too, you know, to write down, uh, to follow the assignment and write it down. But the next piece is really to give it voice. And, I mean, Erica did such an incredible job weaving all of the stories together. It's such a beautiful book. Uh, I've read it. I can't tell you how many times, and it still brings me to tears, even though I know it's coming next. Uh, but it, there's this important part where you have to say it out loud, and, and to say it out loud to another person and I think that's the beauty of the class too. I mean, it's a course, and they're going to get three credits at the end, and they're going to get a grade. But really, by by mid semester, no one cares about that anymore. They really care about being in that group process together. So mm-hmm. part of it is doing the assignment, and part of it is sharing it with others. And I had
3: one part about the the goodbye letter. Do you uh, there, there's something you know? I wrote um, a goodbye letter in the class to a friend of mine who was murdered when I, we were 16 and it was the first step that I had covered as a journalist. Um, Norma had me kind of process that while I was in the class, and I posted that letter online recently, and um, the police officer who actually found my friend um, emailed me out of the blue. He hadn't even heard about the book. He read the letter online, and he emailed me last week and um, told me that he was the officer who had helped her Trying to file a restraining order against the man who killed her, and also who um, felt her last heartbeat. And I met him on s- this over the weekend in Seattle, and he has been grieving for so many years. This was sixteen. 16- this was like probably nineteen years ago now, but I guess he had gone through the suicides of family members, um, various deaths, and the death of my friend Sinkita. And when he when he met me, he actually started crying, and he was just so grateful that so this goodbye letter was out there for the world. It was such a big part of his life, this young girl, and losing her, and he always felt guilt that he couldn't save her. But he, I, you know, I guess has been processing it and reading the book and reading about her life. And, you know, so it just shows that this these assignments kind of go way beyond the class in so many ways. And he's an example of somebody that I kind of connected with twenty years 20 years later who's had his own grief, obviously being in law enforcement, Um, but has been able to kind of, you know, deal with that grief, too, and we were connected through this young girl, so... Many stories like that, but that was a, that was an
1: important one. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm just thinking this would be a really interesting book for a book club. You know, there are these death cafes and things that are going on in New York and around. Well, listen, I want to thank you both so much for being on the show. And uh, Norma, why don't we start with you? How people can find you um, on the Internet or, or maybe take your class?
4: Well, I'm hoping to now uh, develop workshops and take them around the country. I'm going to be at Omega Institute this summer and i'm starting to do them a little bit now also in the greater uh, new york city area but you can find me at www.centerforgriefservices.com or uh, www.normabow.com.
1: okay so omega institute that's great uh, people should take a look at that and and these workshops i lo- that's fantastic
2: and i and i just want to say mom i love also norma's website thedeathclass.com that's right. Well, that <laughs> <a lot of, laughs> that's, that's my website but
3: that's but it's yeah, that's oh, it. goes to the book and also so there's lots of websites out there for us. It'll yeah, it be hard
1: to find either of us. <laughs> so Erica, how about you? Where can we find you and is there and you're teaching and is there um are you teaching writing or how how are people that like to write connect with you?
3: Yeah, I'm I am, I'm an assistant professor at the University of California. Irvine Literary Journalism Program. And thedeathclass.com is also um, linked to erikahayasaki.com. And, yeah, and I still write. I write for Newsweek and the Atlantic.
2: And, Erica, can I ask you one quick question, which is going to drive me crazy if I don't ask you? How did it yeah. change the way you look at the world after you took this class?
3: I, you know, people have asked me that a lot, and I really think that because I was able to spend so much time thinking about death and dying, um, you know, from many different angles, uh, through the class and through Norma, um, when it came to, you know, the psychology of dying, philosophy, the history, um, being in the field with her, I, I'm I not as afraid. I'm not going to say I want to die. That's definitely not something that I want to happen. I just had a baby and, you know, recently got married. Um, I don't wanna die but I'm not as afraid as I was and I was I was having a lot of death anxiety when I came into this project and so I I I just I've accepted it very much into the process of life and I think that's that's really the goal of what her class is. But it really did happen for me and I didn't know if that would happen going into it.
1: Well, again, thank you so much both of you for being on the show and for the work you're doing and for um the conversation that you've created around death and dying and grief and loss and uh, the courage and the heroes and all the great stories. Thank you so much. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. This is, sounds like an amazing class and a fabulous book.
1: Well, Heidi, very inspirational. Um, are you going to change your death class at all? Are you teaching on grief and loss right now?
2: I'm not right now, but yes, I think I will move less away from lecture format after I read this book and try to incorporate some of these things because I really feel like. We learn by doing and, you know, experiencing. And this book is all about experiencing and doing and sharing stories, et cetera. And I think that's how major changes take place. So, yes, I am going to change the way I teach.
1: And, and like uh, you're listening to the show today, we do grieve in community and support each other. And God bless.